Welcome to the Superpowered Fancast. Um, this is Darren. Stephanie. It's Jenna. I'm Danny. All right. Um, well, like I guess told you all in the several mini episodes that we are back, we are together, and we are going to spoil. You. Yes, we have all missed you collectively. We missed each other. Yes, and by extension, did. you, the people who are listening. <laughs> but we you are the umbrella turn. Mm-hmm. We are going to spoil, spoil rotten the amazing Captain America Civil War. Now, really aren't going to go into a lot of uh, news because there really isn't a lot going on in the world. There are things that we, you know, that we enjoy. We're going to talk about in the next episode, but. We really just kind of want to dig into uh, Civil War and what we thought about it. Now, I, in, I think, the when we actually went and saw it, I saw it three like three days in a row. Like, I went, like, day after day after day yeah. to go to go see it. I watched That's it on my honeymoon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> see, Danny got married and still found, ti- still found Priorities. time. Priorities. <laughs> Me and Jenna helped a friend... You know, not help, like, literally, like, in the back of the car, you know, with hot water and towels. You know, have a baby. So, we were super <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah. My, mm-hmm. my, my God, baby. Exactly. See, life was happening. <laughs> lives were starting. Lives were changing. And yet, we still, as fans, got to see Captain America Civil War. So, Dedication. We'll go, exactly. So, we'll go around and uh, get our our first impressions of, of the movie, and then we'll kind of get into what we enjoyed and frankly may not even be anything we didn't enjoy because it was all it was all so so awesome from start to yeah if it's if if it's gonna you know knowing me because i like to you know make comments and stuff knowing me it's gonna be splitting hairs i'm like i didn't like this thing but it's really detail oriented and it does not matter because that movie was fantastic (laughs) (laughs) all right so i thoroughly enjoyed it i loved um I love the callbacks to the previous Cap movies. I loved how many things that they uh, that they basically were keying up for in the future. Like they gave so many different um, things that you can speculate on going forward. But the story itself was strong enough so that it contained it contained everything. It wasn't just a movie that was keying up for the next movie. It was a concise story from start to finish. Okay, so. I really loved it. It was fantastic. Gave me a lot of feels. Hit me in the feelers a little bit. I think it was very emotional. And having a best friend who I've been friends with for, you know, 13, 12 years, something like that. Weird. I don't know. The number number doesn't matter. (laughs) It was really like, I was looking at her and I was like, you know what? I'd, you know, if you were a criminal, I'd help you out, bro. I mean, I got you. (laughs) It was very believable in that sense. Like, it wasn't just like, okay, so Seagard apparently cares about this dude. I thought it was very well played out and kind of emotions at the right moment, humor at the right moments, which was important because I don't, I love that Marvel's light and funny and whatever, but I don't like ill-placed humor mm-hmm. when we're all trying to be super serious because, you know, we killed some folks. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you don't want anything super serious, especially right. these are people who dress up in cool costumes. Right, like, right. You can't be I think that was, serious. Yeah, and, you know, it's very, very good balance. Um, Roadie a bit of a prick (laughs) and like I liked him in all the other movies I did and like I said it's splitting hairs and it really doesn't make any difference but I was just like bro chill Jenna 
Um, it was not what I expected. I was very pleasantly surprised, and I say pleasantly surprised, don't get me wrong, I was in no way expecting anything bad out of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I wasn't really expecting it to go in the way that they did. Um, I think I came into it more of an, a belief that we were actually going to fulfill the Civil War storyline, so mm-hmm. are we being spoiler-free right now? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, we're spoiling good. it. We're so spoiling we the heck out of it. we didn't kill Cap. We thought he's going to die. We were very <laughs> prepared for his death. Right, very and that's actually one of the things that I enjoyed about it, was the fact that we all, as people who have read this story and know it, went in expecting one thing and were completely shocked and surprised with where they went. And that's the, that's the mark of a good movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's definitely the mark of good entertainment is that even coming in with, because, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll go see a movie that's based on a comic and, you know, they'll cut this out. They'll put this in mm-hmm. and you and it just, you know, it's not the same, but you still know where all the beats are going to hit. Could not predict where the story was going with this. Right. Could not predict it and yeah. that made it more exciting. And I think we got, you know, because leading up to people that have read the, you know, the comic books or whatever and the people that just watch the movies, mm-hmm. you know, we just always just wait, just <laughs> wait, you know, because yeah. we thought we were somehow on the inside and we like knew. Oh, yeah. and I was mm-hmm. just as shocked as I expected everyone who did not read the comics to be when right. Steve died. When he didn't die, I was like, "What? He's <laughs> we're alive? Okay." It was like, "Yes." And then we were very nervous going into the the after credit scenes. I was like, "What's going to happen? Is this what mm-hmm. is happening? Is this, is it going down now?" But that's the thing. We were just like every we were just like everyone else. Is every uh, like all the critics were speculating about like about Cap dying in this movie. Everyone was talking about, you know, did they film this scene? Was Does this scene signify the death of Captain America? And no one knew where it was going. And again, that's 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 the exciting part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And don't get us wrong. It didn't cut that out. Like, it, they didn't have to change. I mean, they obviously had to change the Civil War storyline a mm. little bit. We're missing a few key players. <laughs> oh, just but, 40 or 50. <laughs> They didn't change. They. It was more like they opened us into the storyline, yeah. and I liked that because they in no way wrapped anything up. Like, Cap yeah. could still die. I honestly, right. I still expect him to at some point. I'm, he's not going to die, die. And but. that's the thing is that they, it had stakes, but at the same time, because the story was different, you can speculate as to where it's going. You yeah, can, you can ask those questions like, "What are they going to do next?" And they, it's going to make us feel more because I mean mm-hmm. the way they did it. If they had killed them and killed him in that movie, it would have seemed rushed. It would it wouldn't have been genuine. Yeah, it like wouldn't have paid off because comics. it hadn't because yeah. it, it wasn't earned. No, mm-hmm. not at all. And so I'm glad because that that was one of my big hesitancies with Civil War. Them doing Civil War as well. Like as much as I wanted to see it, don't get me wrong. I'm a sucker for some drama. Okay, I like to see the people I love in pain. Um, she does. Just, it's true. Maybe not the people like I actually love in real life, but you know, no, comic characters, true. books. <laughs> you, well, that's the thing is you like to see that conflict because you yes. know, yes. because you want to see how that conflict gets resolved and yeah. does that conflict then uh, enhance the character and thus your enjoyment of of that character. Very much so, very much so. And I completely forgot where I was going with that. Oh, you like drama. That's fine. We'll, we'll Where go was back I before to that, though? Okay. okay. Well, we're just going to drop it. You yes. know what I meant. <laughs> Danny? Yeah, I fully expected him to die, too. The whole time, I think it actually made the movie a little bit better for me, only because mm-hmm. I kind of had that nervous anticipation that that was what was actually going to end up happening. Like, I'll be honest with you, like, when they introduced Crossbones at the beginning of the um, 
film, I had I had the feeling that you know it was he was gonna come back, and it was, mm-hmm. but um, the way they resolved Crossbones was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, it was one of those things where again you think you know where the story is going, but they open up so many different avenues mm-hmm. that it's gratifying to be able to speculate on what's coming next. Oh yeah, and that was the thing is that this, the second that they off. Crossbones, I was like, well, that throws a hitch in the plan. Exactly. Because so, <laughs> now you're like, okay, well, now what? Like, exactly. Now what's going to happen? And I loved that. I loved that I didn't know where it was going to go or anything. Um, I also really enjoyed, um, like you were talking about the parallels, I saw somebody posted something the other day um, with uh, Dr. Ernstkind mm-hmm. and uh, the parallel between them and that scene with Cap and Spider-Man, mm-hmm. where he's mm-hmm. like, hey, where are you from, kid? You got heart. He's like, Queens. The same thing happened. Dr. Erskine asked him the same exact thing. Yeah. He said, where are you from? But see, Queens. That's the other thing I like is that even like Civil War is so quintessentially... I mean, I know a lot of people were talking about it as, you know, Avengers 2.5 mm-hmm. or Avengers th- like 3. But it is quintessentially a Captain America movie. There's so yeah. many oh, yeah. callbacks to the previous mm-hmm. films. Like even the fight at the end when he gets up and just has that moment... From the first movie, mm-hmm. it's like I can do this yeah. all day. Yep. Like that, that callback was oh, like you know it that. just made you realize that this all th- all three films are his arc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter how many other people that they put in the films, th- it's still a Captain America film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, that's the reason why it's not Marvel Civil War. It's not Avengers Civil War. It's Captain America mm-hmm. Civil War. Right. And then one thing that I love too. Um, I, 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 Black Panther was my man in that. Yeah, all those I can't scenes even with say him. Like, black, like, black. <laughs> like the guy that they got to play. I, I, Chadwick Boseman. Yes, Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I couldn't remember his name. But yeah, Chadwick Boseman, like, he's perfect. He's so perfect. Accent on point. Yeah. Yes. And he was so, and there were people complaining about it, but I was like, he's, it's so subtle. Mm-hmm. Like, his voice is so yes. subtle. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I. It, I enjoyed about his characterization. It's like he wasn't like bombastic, and mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm king of Wakanda. Mm-mm. It was his, his voice was subtle. He mm-hmm. he was a son mm-hmm. in those moments right. when he was talking. He was he was a son. His father, his mm-hmm. king, is right there, and he showed that reverence to him. Oh yeah, and that I enjoyed. So that's mm-hmm. the reason why again yeah. I enjoyed his I enjoyed his voice. I enjoyed his accent because again everything about it was subtle. Oh yeah, one of my favorite until scenes until he was yeah. Black Panther. Exactly, exactly. Until he until he then became the king, mm-hmm. you felt his presence as the king. Oh yeah, it's one of those guys that you know if he drops his voice and he gets real quiet, you might want to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's just the feeling yeah. I had with that. But one of my favorite scenes with Panther was when uh, they caught Bucky for the first time. Um, when yeah, and he's like, <laughs> he, he's like, as a warrior and king, how long do you think you can keep him from, from me? me. Mm-hmm. Oh. As long as it takes. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he said that, I was like, oh dang, this, got, of, this has got yeah, real. A lot of his lines, I like. Every time he spoke, it was with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like there were no lines wasted mm-hmm. on him and his performance, and it was oh, yeah. like, what is he gonna say now? Even the mm-hmm. last line, mm-hmm. it's like, let them try. Oh, like, yeah. you just would like speak yeah. to me and like. And again, it's just talk. that authority, just mm-hmm. like that. That authority that he said at the end is like, again, having to be forced into taking on the role of king. Mm-hmm. You, it's, I enjoy the fact that he didn't, he's reluctant to have it, but he doesn't shirk away from it. Mm-hmm. Like he, there's nothing in his performance that says, there's like, woe is me, now I'm king. He knows it's he has all a about, duty. He knows he, what mm-hmm. he has to do. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, just kind of going into, like, we're going to spoil the film, so we're just kind of cut. 
So I don't want to necessarily go, um, you know, linear when like from start to finish, but I do kind of want to talk about <laughs> mission report, December 16th, 1991. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Yes, the first time I said it, I was things. like, what the hell do we care right, about? Thank you. Cause we kept board. hearing right. about it all through the movie. Wanted to know. Mm-hmm. You wanted to know what. Yeah. I was about to start holding my up to the wall and say mission report. <laughs> 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 Tell us yes. now. But that was awesome. Cause it was so, not like it, you know, cause so many movies use the villain. I know. Tell me what you know. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. It was just like, Simple mission. It was very cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it made it like, damn. He had, and that's one of the things I liked about Daniel Brühl's portrayal of, of Zemo. He is was that, fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, is yeah. that he he was a villain with a purpose. He did not want to take over the world. He did not want to take, uh, he, he didn't want money, he didn't want power. Like, And he could have had it. He could have had power. By controlling those, by controlling those, oh, yeah. those winter soldiers. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want it. What he wanted was, and he said it. I don't want any more of you people in the world mm-hmm. because of what you've done. So I mean, just kind of going into the kind of going into the film. It starts with um, the Winter Soldier being woken up and sent on a mission. Mm-hmm. And on that mission, he crashes a car into a tree and takes something out of the trunk, and then we kind of blue baggies. Yes, little blue, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little blue IV bags, and then it goes to the next scene. But um, that's that part of that story not only does it again call back to even the origins of Captain America because one of the through lines of I'd, I'd say a lot of the Marvel movies is is all of these people trying to do experiments to recreate Captain America yeah. mm-hmm. so that uh, and that calls back to it so that, that scene and it permeates because it touches like that scenario touches everyone in mm-hmm. the film in some way yeah so um, it's a believable through line too because oh, yeah. if you created the perfect you know soldier mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to create mm-hmm. one but take away his free will so yeah. and again and and kevin smith said this uh, said this on his podcast and i absolutely agree with it even if you took it if even if you took everyone out of costume it's an amazing thriller oh yeah, yeah. like the same way like uh Winter Soldier was a great political thriller. Mm-hmm. Like it would've been a great like like you could take everyone out of that. It'd be like probably the best Bourne movie. Like it'd yeah. be like a great oh, yeah. Jason Bourne film. <laughs> yeah. Bucky Bourne. <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> Captain Bourne. But uh, <laughs> but it's a but it's a great political thriller. Mm-hmm. Like the same thing with uh, like and and you can't really say that with a lot of with a lot of films mm-hmm. that taking the uh, Taking the fantastic elements of the character that of the characters out, you still have a strong film. Danny, you want to take it from here about the movie? Like you said, it opens up with the blue IV baggies, um, mm-hmm. and then we go from there and realize that someone's missing from Tony Stark's uh, little presentation um, as he's talking to the people at MIT and everything. We get a little bit of background um, with how he wishes he would have dealt with his parents rather than just. Oh yeah, his parents died. It gives him a little bit more of a heart and everything. Really starts to hurt, and he realizes Pepper's not there and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something. Yeah, there was so like when we get to the end of the final payoff, there were so many like 
so many breadcrumbs that they lay throughout that oh, movie yeah. that oh, like yes. when they get to the final path you're just like oh my god I can't I, I, ne- I still never saw it coming oh yeah oh, I still yeah. never saw not it until, not until he looked at that screen and was like I know this road and then I was just like oh yep. no yeah. that was the same time <laughs> I, I just got chills all over again yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. exactly okay. uh, so Tony uh, yeah so Tony's now having to deal with and this uh, mm-hmm. is one of the things that um now, I think a lot of superhero films are, are kind of trying to hit on now is consequence. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, yeah, you yeah you can put on a cape and mm-hmm. fly through the air and rescue and save the world, but there are consequences to that. Oh, yeah. Now. And that thing, that, that was the biggest thing throughout this entire film is that, yeah. because one thing that we've always heard is Marvel films don't have consequence. There's no consequence to them. This was the film that summed up every single possible mm-hmm. consequence with every single event that actually impacted yeah. real world people. And even kind of going back to, you know, Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. everyone talking about the death toll in Metropolis. Right. A and made up city, again, New York. Completely, real. I think you completely <laughs> forgot about And they still completely forget about, like, Sokovia, New York. New York. New York, Washington, D.C. We're just <laughs> like, more attached like, to like, Metropolis. All of these places. Right. And death toll. But what it calls back to is... Um, he's confronted with the consequences of his actions. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and that was one thing that kind of got me to my core was when he was talking with um, the woman whose son was affected in Sokovia. Where he's like, this is my son. Who's going to avenge him? And exactly. it's just like, when I heard that, I was, I, I broke my heart because it was just kind of like, I mean, I, I get it. I get where you see that point of view, but all they're seeing is the big fight. And mm-hmm. hey, we're going to do the overall thing and save many we may lose a few but not really thinking of the consequences and it consequences hit hard yeah, but that's the Real thing is that they, and even tony brings it up he said you know we dropped a building on him while we were mm-hmm. kicking ass oh yeah you know um that's part of the as uh, part of the the draw of these films is you want to see those you want to see those fights and they deliver on all on you know, on all cylinders, but at the same time, again, yeah, there are going to be consequences mm-hmm. to the, to their actions. Mm-hmm. So, and then we kind of see that. And and you actually uh, sent me a picture posted, and I could not stop laughing about um, the fact that. And I'm sure everyone who's seen the movie, and if you haven't, I me, mean, come on. Why are <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like literally, the Civil War spoiler is going to be in the title of yes. this episode. Yeah. So, like, just think about. It. But um, have like a month, right? Yeah. Thank you. If you haven't seen it by now, shame on you. Right. Exactly. But um, the fact that the uh, that General, now Secretary of State. Thunderbolt Ross, <laughs> that guy, is going to come and lecture yep. anyone. Yep, for real. On accountability, responsibility, and consequences. Abomination. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. And that's the thing. So one place that they never talked about yep. that it was all their discussion was mm-hmm. Harlem. Yep. Even, even Bruce mentioned Harlem in the original Avengers yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. He said, "I kind of broke Harlem." Exactly. Like, and yeah. it's just like, but mm. the thing is, if I'd been in that, if I'd been in the room when they got when he slid the accords across, it's like, did you did you forget are, about the footage from Harlem? It's like, oh, from, are you included in exactly these from the abomination like, oh, that the Harlem you created? <laughs> yeah, that you then unle- uh, unwittingly right. unleashed on the city of Harlem. Yep, but. <laughs> So he goes there and he says that, you know, he basically tells them that their unilateral actions are no longer sanctioned and that the countries of the world are going to meet to 
create, well, they've already created them, but they're going to ratify and sign the Sokovia Accords, mm-hmm. which basically gives uh, governments of the world and the UN control over the actions of the Avengers. Now, the reason why um, the, the Civil War schism happens between them is because you have fact, you have part of the Avengers who agree and part that doesn't. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I enjoy about, and I enjoyed in the comic, and I enjoy about this is that no side is necessarily wrong. Yeah. Neither side is necessarily wrong. Right. Now there are people going to be that are going to disagree and say, you know, Tony's wrong, but at the same time, and this is something that we talked about, and we and I've talked about, and I think I've talked about on the mini episode, was um, that Tony has a point. That if there's no, I'm gonna start right here. And say, and I'm gonna go back to my point. But while we're talking, Jenna, Jenna is reading the new issue of Captain America. Now, if you have not read anything about the new issue of Captain America, come on, the internet was on fire. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't read the comic, but exactly. I do. Yeah. <laughs> we are trying to get a real time, a real time reaction. Oh, to it's Jenna. real time. Read and just if you could. If we had cameras, we would literally be taking pictures because just the look on her face. Oh, but man. I'm sorry. Just going back to the the go back to what we were talking about. So, where was I? We were talking about the Sokovia Accords. Uh, yes, the Accords. No, okay. no one person was yeah, exactly. One side was right. Yeah. yeah. So um, the control aspect on this side is, and Tony has a point about saying, you know, if we have no oversight, we're no better than the people we're we're fighting. Mm-hmm. So we need a level of control. And Vision agrees. And Vision actually has a very compelling argument that's saying that their, that their presence has inadvertently caused an escalation. Mm-hmm. It, invites it, it invites conflict. It invites conflict because it invites challenge. You know, mm-hmm. why did everybody start making nuclear weapons? Because one mm-hmm. person did. Because one person mm-hmm. did. And we, ha- we, we all of a sudden we, noticed there was a need for it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and Cap, whose argument I personally agree with, but again, I think all of us kind of do. Is that uh, all right? I'm going to stop right there. Jenna is officially done with yeah. Captain America number one, the new one. Um, in case and- you don't know, and you probably should, Captain America in this issue has been revealed to be an agent of Hydra. I'm going to let Jenna and everyone else talk because I have a lot of opinion on this. And you can't see Jenna right now, but her face is full of disdain. And if you know, <laughs> and if you know Jenna, Jenna is one of the sweetest people in the world. <laughs> Always has a smile on her face. Very optimistic. I've never seen her be look, this anno- look as annoyed as she does right now. Tell us how you feel. Yes. I just I need them to explain this to me because there is no... No turn of events in the entirety of the Marvel Universe, which Cap has been around for years and Amen. years, that he would ever be, I'm sorry if I'm too close to the mic right now, but ever be an agent of Hyde. This, they need to come out and say this is some like alternate universe BS, like... Okay, I know Steve died at some point. I'm not caught up in the whole, like, didn't Tony so, kill him? Well, so, okay, so we didn't bring back Steve. That's so where Steve. we're at here is <laughs> that this is after the fallout of Secret Wars, where it was old man Steve. The serum died off and everything. And Tony he killed has him, been, right? Yes, Tony yeah. technically killed him, but cube Secret Wars back. brought everyone back. So, yeah. Some, some cube girl? Yes, so with this, there was a series right before this. It was called 
uh, Avengers standoff, uh, Pleasant Hill, where Maria Hill literally went off the reservation and decided to take the reality of everything into her own hands. And so, in coming con- coming in contact with this cosmic cube that has become sentient little girl, um, it basically gave Steve Rogers his youth back, and now he is super again. She's searching. It's not Steve. Well, I don't well, care what they the say. They need to yeah. fix this okay. and make that an. Awesome. This, these are the words of. Marvel executive editor Tom Brevoort and writer Nick Spencer. Explain yourself. Mm -hmm. This is the real Steve and his new status quo moving forward. His mission is to further the goals and beliefs of Hydra. Explain Brevoort. If that involves taking down the Marvel Universe, sure. But it may not be as simple as that. It's not like he's exchanged his white hat for a black hat. It's a green hat. What? Jeez. That was about as vague as you could possibly no. ever get for an explanation. No. <laughs> no. No. But here's the thing. He goes on to say exactly what I know, exactly the reason why they did this. is I Because he care. wants people to have a visceral reaction. Guess what? You got your visceral reaction. Yeah. Now visceral fix it. Re- and that, bring, that brings me to my opinion. Um, I mean, I respect everyone's art and their work. And I believe everything is worth something. But this is a very, very weak plot device. And it's a very... I mean, it was honestly like, what have we not done? Mm-hmm. Hmm, this. Would you like to know why? Because you've taken 75 years of character development and you've really said to F you. And, oh, he's secretly Hydra. Mind but you, he's still captured. Mind thing. you, the creators were two Jewish men. Right, <laughs> right. But here's the other thing. If you really look back at it, they did the same thing with... I think, and again, my opinion, my personal opinion, one of the worst Spider-Man arcs ever, the Clone mm-hmm. Saga. They literally yeah. tried to make us believe that the Peter Parker we had been reading for years was a clone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, I mean, to me, that's, that's the first thing when I saw it, because I didn't read the comic. I didn't want to, because I said, that's a poor plot device. That would be, honestly, I mean, I love Marvel, but that would be reading a Superman comic and being like, he's not from Krypton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yes, he is. Because um, yeah, he's from he New, has been. Yeah, he's from New Jersey. He's, right. You know, grew up in the slums. And mm-hmm. I just I just feel like, oh my gosh, yeah, my jaw dropped, but it wasn't in awe. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. As, as Marvel disgust. usually does. I'm right. sorry. Like, I will be the first person to find something good, some kind of redeeming quality about something. I will. I want to give you the benefit of the doubt, but I have been reading Captain America comics for as long as I can remember. The cheesy first editions of Captain America are some of my favorite because I love how corny he is and how he doesn't care what's going on. The most important thing to him is his country and what he believes is right and there is no way. I don't care who met his mother <laughs> when he was a child. Sarah died. No, he doesn't care who met his mom. Okay, no, this is not Steve. I told you it was worse than Bucky in space. <laughs> this is way worse you mean than Bucky the, in you space. You mean the watcher on the we, wall? No, we got, yes. out of, we got out of the car to come here. And, you know, I was like, Jenna's not good. I've read Bucky in space. I can, I can deal because she's the eternal optimist. She really is sweet mm-hmm. as pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I she said is no. blushing so hard right now. I think I think she might be tearing up. <laughs> no, but no, I, I respect <laughs> I respect it. You know, like I said, it's someone's art. 
That's and it's fantastic. beautiful. You did a great. It's well written. It's beautiful. I'm a little weirded out by old Sharon and young Steve. I, I love that they're still together and he's looking past it, but still, I mean, <laughs> it's it's weird. Oh wait, it's they're together? Weird. Yeah, they're yeah, together. Yeah, it's young Steve and old Sharon and they're kissing. Like, like, like old? Oh. Yes. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Oh, I'm so sorry. No. I'm so sorry. Okay, as the old no guy in the room. Like, <laughs> no, Darren. No, no, Darren. I don't like. I was like, old. How much? Oh, like that's like seventy-five. She, yeah. I'll show you. Hold on. I'll, I'll go back to it. It was easy to find. Here, here you go. Here you go. She, she, she grew with Steve. <laughs> yep. Like, no, this is this is not Maybe possible. not where you the white cat Bad touch. <laughs> I'm just like, and she's still wearing it. Like, yep. and, and, you know, go her for little old Sharon. Her butt still looks good, but. Like no, you are you are dismissing every single thing that Captain America stands for with this one comic book, and no one no one has like are the are the original creators they're they're not alive anymore, are they? No, no, no. they're rolling over in their graves now. Good job, (laughs) rolling in their graves. I hope you were happy. Like I said, Jenna is the sweet one. Jenna's the sweet one. Exactly. So if that's her reaction. Imagine how hard it is for us to hold back on our reaction. Yeah, I just call it a poor plot device. Yeah, because we're trying to yeah. keep it clean for for yes. iTunes. It's taking a lot. It's taking yeah. a lot. I didn't. I didn't slip. Right. We're good. You're good. You're good. Daniel. You're good. Daniel, take care you of me. You. <laughs> but I mean, I I get it. It's a number one. You want something big to happen in a number one, but you're counterproductive, in my opinion, when you take away something that's so integral to a character you can change you know character development character arcs that's a thing mm-hmm. but that's like taking away who almost are. his soul mm-hmm. a little bit almost right. that he's yeah. just the a righteous and we love him because he's so righteous that that right. is his biggest fault sometimes and he's very prideful about yeah. it and that is beautiful well and see in another insult into that is it on top of him being revealed as a hydra agent he also kills Jack Flag. Yeah. yeah. And so it's it's almost hey, if you didn't think he was now, he definitely is. I mean, it's, he grabs it's the guy and tosses him out of and a I don't like it. No. So I mean, it is <laughs> pure Captain shock value. America. Captain America has there have been multiple people that yeah. have been Captain America, but Captain America is Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. Like they were all just trying to achieve Steve Rogers. He was the mantle. The name was just the costume. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. Steve Rogers, do that. and that's the thing. Steve, Ro- like Captain America, is Steve Rogers, but Steve Rogers made Captain America. America right. Because right. without without so like Steve taking, Rogers being in that suit, it is just a suit with a flag on right. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyone, you, you're right. Anyone can wear the suit, but the character of the person, and I'm not talking about like you know the person as a character. I mean the character mm-hmm. of that person was embodied by Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, and like we had people at uh, work, like, oh, it was awesome. Why? Hmm. Because I think we're so, we oh, live no, in a world where we're sarcastic. so, <laughs> no, not, I'm not talking about oh, him. I was about to say, he came up to me and he was like, have you read it? No, I'm You're not talking about him. Freak. I'm not talking about him. Shout out. Um, <laughs> and I was like, why? Because it's so it's so shocking. It's so, and I think we live in an age where everybody wants an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody wants tear down your idols. No. Kind of. You know, yeah, everybody wants that, to be like, oh, he's you know, a see, bad guy. Sh- shock with no purpose is just shock yeah. for the right. sake of shock. 
Yeah. And empty. that's right. It's it's empty. It's hollow, and it it doesn't resonate for longer than the moment that you have the reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. This is this is the art where people put the toilet on the pedestal and spray paint it silver, and people are like, "Ooh, ah, no, no." <laughs> <laughs> That's where you. Right. That's where you use the bathroom. That's, that's bathroom. You can, it's so pretty, you can, right. yes, but it's not. You no, can, you can still empty. crap it. Yeah. Yeah. You can right. You can dip a turd in twenty-four karat gold. It's still, <laughs> still a turd. turd. <laughs> I feel like that's what this is. Like we've just we've <laughs> the twenty-four karat turd of comedy. People go. I wasn't expecting that. No, you weren't expecting it because it's not realistic. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Books. And none of and right, none of it is realistic. But there's a difference between not being realistic in the you know in the the broad sense mm-hmm. and not being real or and not being realistic to the character. That's mm-hmm. been around for. I mean, we've had different variations. Right. Different um, numerous people have worked on it, but there's still a thread that ties all of that together, mm-hmm. and there mm-hmm. has to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some of it's turned up to 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, some of it's more mild, but there's still that thread through it. And when you cut that, mm-hmm. why should I give a crap what Steve Rogers is doing? Because I can't believe him in him anymore. And if I don't believe mm-hmm. in Steve Rogers, he's just a guy who's re- another guy who's really strong with ulterior selfish motives. Oh, no, right. he doesn't have powers. Oh, he doesn't? Oh, no, I'm so he's sorry. de-aged and depowered. Okay, so he's just a dude he's who's just kind of a, a douche mm-hmm. who... Hell Hydra. Okay, there's 47 of you, but there was one Steve Rogers... Captain America, and now you're just you're sheep. I don't care. Yeah. Like honestly, if they continue this and they don't fix this, I hope Bucky shoots him. Oh my god! <laughs> that would definitely wow. be an interesting. Part. I can tell you right now, wow. there's probably no one who has read in depth as much as I have every single appearance of James Buchanan Barnes, and there is no way he would ever. Forgive Steve well, and see, that's interesting don't ever challenge it. the internet like Please that. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't poke the internet bear. It's like, are you kidding, you girl? You girl, I have, I my arm is metal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, see, I've been living in my mom's theory, basement though, for the last 25 years, <laughs> doing nothing but mainlining Joe Cullet and reading Bucky Barnes comics. I believe I have a thing or two to say. <laughs> Well, sure. we can, I we have, can debate yeah, if I you have want to debate with me on that. <laughs> Feel free. Well, really loves it. Bucky. She's right, not right. arrogant at all, but about Bucky, it's kind of like... Well, listen, if there is a question about Bucky, Jen is the person I'm going to ask. Jen is Google. Bucky Google. <laughs> Speaking of... Okay, never mind. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Well, see, now, actually pulling up to what you said about Bucky not standing for that... That's actually interesting that you would say that because in Pleasant Hill, that whole line before this all happened, that's when Steve and Bucky finally reunite after he had his little romp in space, space and everything. Odyssey. Yes. <laughs> and so, but with that, that's the thing is that there were a lot of things where Bucky and Cap didn't quite see eye to eye. It was Falcon and Bucky who were more a team than Steve was. It's not and Steve. So, it's not Steve. I don't know who they brought back, but it's not so Steve. So that's gotta that's gotta be something. That's gotta be something where they said the first I, mean, stage. I, don't know. I don't care what they said. They Denial. lied. Okay. hmm right. To Oh, let's kinda get back into the that movie. <laughs> that was it that the movie. Was, we unleashed that was the Kraken crazy. and yeah. now we're gonna get back into talking exactly. about fluffy stuff. So on the next mini episode, Jenna is going to give a two hour <laughs> Rant. Rant. Oh, she's still loaded who, up over exactly, here. About who exactly is Steve Rogers? Mm, there so we go. Look forward to it. 
Like we're, she, literally, she's ready we're now. Gonna, like, we're going to set her up so that she can just she can just go full bore. We're gonna throw this, popcorn at her and everything. Mm. <laughs> and we're just gonna let her just gonna let it fly. I'm literally like we're gonna put an explicit tag on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one's not safe for work. Right. But just to to get back to the movie. So there's a terrorist attack on the signing of the accords that kills King T'Chaka. He was and fantastic, too. Yeah, he, he was. was. Yeah. You see him for five minutes, and he just really pulled at your heart mm-hmm. I, know, that, I just wanted to be it's like, It's that oh, presence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. It's that presence. And just that interplay between the two of them. I hope they bring him back for like flashbacks of the Black oh, Panther yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. I hope they bring him back and just, just to expand on that father-son dynamic. Yeah. And I loved how he brought out like kind of the boyish thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's the thing is that you, you saw in that moment that he was... He, he becomes a son. So back to, I mean, again, with both uh, having, basically having that father-son dynamic, which was which was so good, it, you know, it made what happened when T'Chaka died believable in, you know. It's what, so heart-wrenching. Yeah, and how he would react. Like, and we, you know, we said it before, like what he says and everything that he says having meaning and resonance. Um, but, Getting back to the overall, the overall storyline, um, what in what happens next, like when we when we touched on the mission report and the thing that Zemo's been after the whole time, uh, when he you know finally gets that information, and starts pitting the heroes against each other, mm-hmm. you get to I think probably the emotional core of the film. Which is all the things that Bucky did when he was Winter Soldier that he didn't know about, mm-hmm. he still remembers. And it turns out that the mission report from December 1991, the car that Bucky drove off the road and the people he killed inside it were Tony Stark's parents. Dum dum dum. We're not Which named ag- Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, none of us saw coming. None of us saw coming. And again, we all knew the story. Yeah. But we did not see that coming. And that made for like that made for an amazing emotional arc. Because then it's like, where do you go from here? Like where like it like every pretty much almost every point in the film, there was always that that twinge that you know we could fix this it can all come it, it can all come back exactly it's what they like, did they exactly did. They, were, they were going mm-hmm. down that line yeah. we were like we had tony working with them again realizing exactly. the air of his ways yeah. and then so even that fight yeah, even that fight in the airport and i know we kind of glossed over that because you know pretty much everyone's talked about it, it was the introduction you know it was the big spider-man fight and giant man and uh, Believe awesome. me, th- there's no, there's almost no words to ex- to explain that that um, that moment. You just you had to you have to experience it. Yes. So is that is literally you don't even even need to recap it. It just it just is. It's everything. As one of the, thankfully, it's one of the best scenes from a movie I've ever seen in my life. But that, like every other scene before it, there was always the possibility that they can come back mm-hmm. that they can go back to you know that all can be forgiven or mm-hmm. even if not forgotten that there can be some reconciliation mm-hmm. 
and then you get to <laughs> then you get to Siberia, mm-hmm. and that at that point there's there's almost there's no coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not well, only has the person that Steve has been protecting this whole time, the person who killed Tony's parents, it'd be, again, like it'd be tantamount to finding out. It'd be tantamount to. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a broad, a broad analogy. Mm-hmm. It'd be tantamount to finding out that um, Jimmy Olsen killed Thomas and Martha Wayne, yeah. and that yeah. Superman was protecting him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it would be. It's very shocking. Yeah. And my favorite part about that moment is because Robert Downey Jr.'s performance that moment was beautiful. Yeah. But he was watching the screen, and Cap was watching him. Yeah. And just the look on both of their faces, they were in two different places, and right there, you know, in the comics, I was I was pro Cap side, and you know, in the movie, I'm like, yes, Cap, yay. Uh-huh. And then in that moment, when he looks at him, he's like, "Did you know?" Yeah. And it was so heartbreaking, and he, you could see like he even oh, lies to him. No, the only friends in this movie, and the only people relying on each other, in the, you know, are not Steve and Bucky. Tony relied on Steve to be yeah. the epitome of truth, and you know, and it was great to be Steve Rogers. Right, but you, th- yeah, <laughs> but you think about it again. You think about that moment, and you think about the fact that, yeah, Steve is protecting his best friend, but his best friend is a murderer. Mm-hmm. His best friend is an assassin. Right. His best friend has killed many, many people. Right, and you can't really look at Robert, you know, or Tony, and be like, "Oh, it's okay. He was mine. Right. He was, he was he, mine. Yeah, he was mine." I'm control. sorry if you're protecting someone that killed my parents. I don't care what the hell they were going on. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they were in an occult. I don't care if they were possessed by an alien. You killed my mama. Yeah, and I'm done. But that's the thing. And tell me, right. I don't care. He, he killed my mom. mom, and his reaction was. A, was human. Was human. It was, real. It was, it was human and it was real. And yeah, there's the aspect of yeah, from a you know, from an analytical standpoint, yes. He was you know, Bucky was not completely in control of, of his course actions. Not. He was a but victim. He was a victim as Just much as like they were. But, but it's he, hard but it's not again, something you can easily forget. Yeah. And that's the thing is that even if you take a damaged person and put a gun in their hand and say to shoot somebody even if you're the person that, even if you're the blame for, you know, those people being killed, the person that pulls the trigger is still uh, is still to blame as well. I mean, that's just my opinion. No, but I, I kind of look at, that. and I kind of think that's that's kind of what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that even though mentally and emotionally Bucky wasn't responsible, he's still the instrument for what exactly, and he's like, still yeah. suffering. He's the it. face. Right. Like, of I liked what that. I liked the scene where Steve goes after Bucky the first time where he mm-hmm. sees him. And um, not touching on all the emotional stuff because, Lord, I could talk forever about it. The fact that Steve kept catching him, mm-hmm. being like, you know, calm it down almost, trying to trying to buffer. Yeah. You could see the struggle that he was still having with that part of himself where he has not had to fight back. Yeah. You could see that it's still there. It's not like we've just taken that away and mm-hmm. we have Bucky Barnes left. He's... Right. He's the still the yeah, culture. He's yeah. right. That's the thing. He's acknowledging the fact that it's that his best friend has the potential to kill. He's acknowledging that fact. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and even even when Tony says, you know, when Tony asks him, he's like, do you even remember them? 
and he, Bucky says, all "I remember all of them." So he's he's not trying to he's take the right. blame away from himself. Yeah, he's, he's not. He yeah. knows that 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 was him. He yeah. did it, but it's he not a it's not a perfect world. No, and I don't care. You and know. it really, if it boiled down to, it, it can be boiled down to if it was something that if Cap had just told him, mm-hmm. there might have been a way to maybe not fix the entire problem, but. A chance for redemption. But keeping that yeah. from him, right. I would, that would. That was also like another yeah. slap in the face. Like, mm-hmm. I'm finding out how my parents died and the fact that you knew. Right. Who killed my parents? Not only the fact that, that you're protecting you a murderer. Exactly, protecting, that you know who it is mm-hmm. and you're protecting him. Yeah. And I love talk about, you know, through lines that, you know, he didn't say he killed my parents. Because we know his issues with his dad. He said he killed my mom. He killed yep. my mom. And I thought that was such a, you know what I mean? Because he's loved his dad. He believed it. But it, it, it was just, like, not only did you kill my father, my father, you know, he's a powerful man, but you, you killed my mama. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You killed my mom. You killed someone who was nowhere near involved in this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with it. Was, it gives me, this. it gives me chills and just, you know, you know, at the, at the fight scene, he's like, this is my father's shield. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he was Tony was just grasping onto anything because he and was if you really so think, yeah, low. If you really think about it, that's kind of like that was almost a regression to him being a kid because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's like you know, no, you don't deserve it. My dad made that. That's that that doesn't belong. Because in that moment, he it's so raw, and you almost like you're looking at a child. Yeah, that whole time he's fighting is that that's all of the emotion that he has suppressed from the time that his parents died. Mm-hmm came out in that moment because now it's like i know what happened mm-hmm. and you happened yeah as i said it's not just because it's not just an abstract event that mm-hmm. happened now i can put a face right. to it and we have to we have to take into account the fact that tony didn't know anybody had killed his parents either mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. he thought it was just a he car thought wreck. it was a car accident so not only is he having to wrap his head around the fact that this person in front of him killed his parents mm-hmm. but the fact that they were killed in the first place as a tool for power. And they yeah. suffered. Mm-hmm. It oh, wasn't yeah. a quick yeah. thing. They yeah. And he saw it on <laughs> camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, Sergeant Barnes. Yeah. It just drilled everything home. And oh, yeah. It was, like, dang. Mm-hmm. Like, mo- all movies should be like, this is how you get to the pinnacle of a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, that's, that's the best thing is that you, they, they built it. They mm-hmm. built on all of the things. And everything paid off. Mm-hmm. There was, if you can, I mean, I would challenge you to think, to tell me what a, a thread in that film that they didn't, I mean, that they just left dangling there. Yeah. Because I can't think. I don't, that. I don't see one. I can't think, because even going forward, like, there's so many different directions they can go. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I, and I've talked about this on the, the mini episode, but it, but it, Talking about it in the, I really want to talk about it in the group is like where do you think it's going? Because I think you know you got secret. You can have seek. Is is Cap going to lead the Secret Avengers? There you oh go. God, please! Because here's the other thing: is like you still have Nick Fury out there with a the helicarrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just chilling. Yeah, Wait, just out there. Haven't seen Maria Hill, have we? Mm-mm. Haven't seen Nick Fury. Like we could have Secret Avengers. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's almost to the point like I. Don't like you could I I could name a few things that could happen, but I don't know mm-hmm. because holy crap! And that's again that's the reason why I I love the direction that it took is because we know what happens after Civil War in the comics. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it's that, all right. Obviously. It's all open. Mm-hmm. It's all yeah. open now. They can go anywhere. Well, and one thing that excites me too 
is um, with the little superhero prison they got. Mm-hmm. The, the vault? Yeah. Well, the raft. The raft. Oh, the raft. Yeah, yeah the raft. Because the there's yeah. one the um, I'm very excited about that because that ends up, that actually is a massive staging area for a prison mm-hmm. break in the New Avengers number one, um, mm-hmm. where literally every villain that has ever been put away, which most of them are Spider-Man villains, mm-hmm. end up escaping out into Manhattan, New York, causing chaos. And then Spider-Man has to go and help clean up all that which brings him and Cap and a bunch of other ones uh, together to do that. And so if they use the raft as a device for that, mm-hmm. oh, that'd be so cool. And I'll tell you something, like what you just said actually kind of pivots into my back issue when, okay. we, get to, <laughs> when, we, get, when we get to it. Yeah. But um, but yeah, just the just where every all of these stories can potentially go now, um, it just makes me excited mm-hmm. for the Marvel Cinematic Starting Universe. Starting a petition for a Scarlet Witch and Vision uh, movie, please. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry, all the feelings. I can't. No, no, no. I agree with it. you. There were so many. Like, there's so many. It was so beautiful. The, right, all the glances yeah. back and forth. The look. Yeah. Called Viz. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fact that he felt great. apparently comfortable just walking right into her room. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. great because you know he was like, I don't want to, you know. I want them to see, see you as I see, see you. And that and then is then, so... Right. And then you have to ask questions. Well, how does he see her? Exactly. Yep. See? Just that, spe- right. it Just that speculation. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if he's, a, you know, typically a Ken doll, but, you know, she, she can... Well, he can grow clothes. He, I was like, oh! he can shape shift. Okay, well, sorry. I didn't mean for that to happen, but <laughs> that's weird. But wow. I thought it was really great because he was protective in his own special vision way. Mm-hmm. And... She was so strong in that movie, I think. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. her performance was very believable, and I was like, Wanda, though. Yeah, but it's, right. uh, and it was also sad, just like that, that scene of her, like, trussed up and just standing there and just thinking that, you know, just looking off into space, and it's both sad and alarming at the same time, because it's, it's sad that she's finally found, that she felt she had a family, and now part of that family has betrayed her now, mm-hmm. but then you also kind of, you know, see the little twinges of, you know, future crazy Wanda. Exactly. The Wanda that we love and fear. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes, the, yes. Yes. So that, you know, you kind of are planting the seeds to that. So again. And that portrayal is so down the middle mm-hmm. of, like, demure and mm-hmm. scary. Oh, oh, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen, like, just how Nailed her. It. Yeah, how she's playing the character. I'm. Uh, I, like she's I, my I she's my favorite that. female so far mm-hmm. in the Marvel. I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I, love, <laughs> I love Black Widow. Stuff, I'll give but, you, I'll give you that. No, no one will ever trump Natasha for me, but you're not me. <laughs> so I mean, I you know I, I love her portrayal of Black Widow because it's just you know it's it's pretty much what it is. Yeah, it has evolved, but Scarlet Witch, you need to be so flexible because this. This girl's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, even In going to way. yeah, even going to the um, to the Black Widow performance, like uh, her She's character. Better in this movie. Yeah, her no character one does in her like all. The of, yeah, exactly. Too. They really yeah, understand exactly Natasha both. And I yeah, love both her. Too. Yeah, both this movie and Winter Soldier. Like her, her character has is is amazing. I love I love her interactions with Steve because it's almost like. It's, it's almost like a big brother, little sister. Yes. Right. And then sometimes, like, she's the big sister and he's the little mm-hmm. brother. Yeah. And that, like, that's just. How, 
Yeah, it's just that, it's, it's very yes that dynamic. It's believable, works. and she's not just there for something to look at. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not overutilized. She oh, doesn't just say things and they're just oh, useless and throw her. away. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at her because yeah. my God, who doesn't look at her? <laughs> but you know, like some of her lines in the other movies, she was great, but it was very throwaway. It was. It was very mm-hmm. meh. Yeah, you're a female, and of course, you're gonna want love. And you're gonna be started. And yeah. it, it was just very throwaway. Some of it, but this movie, yeah. like she, there was. She was kind of in the back seat, mm-hmm. but she was when she was there. You took notice. Yeah, oh, yeah. she's always had, uh, especially in both this film and Winter Soldier. She's always had a a presence, mm-hmm. like a not only and not even just a presence, a purpose. Yes. yes, like there's a reason for her to be there other than just being the female member of the Avengers. Right, like mm-hmm. there's a purpose to her being. Like that's a, it's, I feel like this movie puts another layer on a much better foundation for her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Scarlett Johansson wasn't pregnant in this one, so we really got to see her kick some butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, woo. Yeah. I was like, my queen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Okay. Um, All right. So, again, you know, if you haven't seen Civil War by now, I mean, come on. Like, and you've listened... You're probably not listening. We've ruined yeah, it you, for yeah, you, so, so I'm sure at some, point you, at some point you were smart enough to stop listening and then come back and listen... <laughs> Once you saw the movie, but you know, if uh, not, then we're not sorry, right? Exactly. We <laughs> love like, why are you that we, to your talking right. in blocks that mm-hmm. I don't understand. Yeah. Watch the again, movie. we love this movie, we love talking about Watch this movie, it. and again, you know, the, the title's gonna have civil war in it. Title right. of this episode, <laughs> come on, now. it's gonna have civil war in it. So. It's going to be spoiler full, not spoiler free, yeah. <laughs> yeah but we yes. loved it, we absolutely loved it. We could go on for days and days and days, but it was a it was my favorite Marvel mm-hmm. movie Absolutely. thus far. Yeah. Oh, yes. It made me laugh with the buddy moments and the, the, the can you move your seat up? You know, it was no. fantastic. It made me, <laughs> oh my it made me emotional, you know, and it, Spider-Man came home. Yes. You know, because I'm cheesy like yeah. that. And the thing is, everyone can talk about Spider-Man, but, you know, it's it was a great addition to the uh it was a great addition to the film it was just enough but it was mm-hmm. a, but he was there it didn't it, overshadow exactly the I was he was so there happy yeah there was that. a reason he was there there was a reason he left mm-hmm. and it was absolutely made sense mm-hmm. all right so now we're going to get into back issues we're going to go ahead and, and close out this episode with our back issues um each one of us has chosen one so it's not going to be me giving like four in a row <laughs> we all did our homework we just, yes. we just like listening to you talk Darren <laughs> well I appreciate that and um so who wants to go first I do alright so Jenna's gonna go I first want, with her back issue yes I wanna go first with mine because I chose my back issue not because it's a Winter Soldier comic I promise every single back issue I do is not yes, going to be Captain America and Winter Soldier <laughs> <laughs> um just because there was something really interesting that they threw into this little war movie that I wasn't expecting which was the Sleeper Soldiers. And so I chose Winter Soldier number one. This came out in 2012. It was his first standalone comic. Um, it was done by Brubaker, obviously. And um, the artists, some of the artists for Del Auto and um, I cannot say this man's name and I'm going to butcher it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here, Darren. <laughs> tell me tell me his name. I can't pronounce things. Well, you got uh, Gabrielle Del Auto. <laughs> It looks like <laughs> it looks like Butch Guise or, 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 or Guichi, like G U I C E. I'm glad I'm not again. Alone. Go ahead and and you know if you if you got any 
venom to spit out on the internet, spit it my way. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but this was, um, like I said, this was Winter Soldier's first standalone comics. And in this comic, they were actually going after the sleeper agents. Mm-hmm. The agents that Bucky had trained in his time as the Winter Soldier. Um, in the comics of the Zephyr agents, and there's only three of them, but they are just as deadly and unstable as they were in the movie. Um Two of them have already awakened. I think they find them, and if I'm not mistaken, they may have killed him. It's been a while since I've actually read through the whole series, but one of them, um, one of them was unleashed because what had happened in the comic was the sleeper, the codes, the secret codes for the sleeper mm-hmm. agents and the agents, then the locations of the agents themselves were sold on the black market. And so Natasha and Bucky are going after these agents, trying to find them. And you get to see kind of the unhinged mentality of these agents because you actually get to see one wake up. And he he goes after Bucky. He starts he actually starts killing all of the Buckys until there is only one left. He kills um, Nomad Jack. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, what's his last name? I can't remember, but I yeah, think. and just I don't either, but for kills, just for context, like uh, a lot of the cat, a lot of the. The Captain Americas when Captain when Steve Rogers was frozen in ice, mm-hmm. um, his they replaced pre- him. yeah they replaced him and his Bucky's went on to become a character named Nomad. And yes, yeah, which was a title taken from um, a period where Steve had actually taken on the mantle yeah. of Nomad. He gave that to the second Bucky when he was yeah. struggling to find his own identity, and mm-hmm. and that's that's a a title that kind of goes back and forth between people finding their identity. So I thought that was yeah, it's a little beautiful. weird because. <laughs> Because the Nomad comic always reminded me, and you all probably too young to remember this, but there's this <laughs> this there's this this really cheesy show from like the '90s called Renegade. It was like, oh, the got a motorcycle with long yeah, brown hair. I like, got you. Okay, see, Nomad just reminded me of oh, like yeah. <laughs> Loren, Lorenzo Lamas on a motorcycle. Oh yeah, <laughs> <His> Renegade. <laughs> and I have a lot of really old Nomad comics. I'll do one of those for my book back okay. issue. But yeah, that um, I kind of found it interesting that they actually played into that because that was from this storyline of the Winter Soldier comics, which is the line that Brubaker does before he quits writing on Winter Soldier. And it's it's a beautiful story arc. It goes forward to um, you really get to see the relationship dynamic between Bucky and Natasha. You get to see mm-hmm. some of the struggles that he goes through with Cap um, coming back. And you get to see Bucky, James, being held accountable for everything he's done. He actually goes to a foreign prison at one point, and it's very dark, and it's very beautiful, and he's in a lot of pain, so of course I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but check it out. It's a great storyline, and um, I really read into the movie, and I was I was pleasantly surprised by this. I was just like, hey, I've read this. I know what's going on. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, Jenna, what are these people? <laughs> so yeah, that's my back issue. All right. Okay, well, um, my back issue is Iron Man number 251 from December 1989. Uh, This comic was drawn by uh, Herb Trimpey. He was the first artist to actually draw Wolverine. Uh, He drew Wolverine on the cover of Incredible Hulk number 181. It's like his first appearance was drawn by Herb Trimpey. And he's also the co-creator of both Captain Britain and his sister Betsy Braddock, a.k.a. Psylocke. Yay. Who is making her big screen debut in X Men Apocalypse? I love her. Mm-hmm. It was inked by Al Milgram, and Al Milgram is the co-creator of a little character named Ronnie Raymond from oh. the DC Comics, the original Firestorm. <laughs> Cutie. So, 
<laughs> now, the reason why I picked this issue is because it was written by Dwayne McDuffie. And if that name is familiar to you, it's because uh, McDuffie has had a hand in not only bringing diversity to comics, but also by helping to usher in the best of the DC animated universe. So Dwayne McDuffie actually started working for Marvel and created Damage Control. Hmm. Now, Damage Control is a group of, who physically cleans up after superhero Clean altercations and, his, and actually has a series in development for ABC. So, That'll be so, fantastic. Yeah. So that's <laughs> wow. a, so a little... I hope it's like The Office. I hope they yeah. do it in that kind of... <laughs> exactly. That would be awesome. <laughs> Just so like dry and like mm, mm-hmm. blank yeah. stares everywhere. Exactly. Because you got to like clean up after you know a Thor altercation in the middle of the city. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he helped to create the Milestone comic imprint and also co-created Static Shock. Oh, oh. I love Static Shock! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I got really excited. No, that's fine. <laughs> So he then went on to start writing for um, for TV for Teen Titans and Justice League. Hello. And so when the show was updated to Justice League Unlimited, he was promoted to story editor and producer, as well as writing 69 out of the 91 episodes of the series. Wow. So most of the, I'd say probably some of the best stories on Justice League Unlimited were written by, were written by Dwayne McDuff. Yeah. So he also uh, revamped uh, Ben 10. Uh, into Ben 10 Alien Force. Mm. And he is also the writer for Justice League Doom and Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. I love Justice League Doom. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this issue is titled Rectum, He Nearly Killed Him. (laughs) 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 And it stars uh, the Wrecker, which is a Thor villain, which has always been bothered me as a villain because, you know, he's a guy in a basically wearing a sock on his face and carrying around a crowbar. Like and that's his thing. It's like a bad wrestling. Gimmick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the wrecker. And he's going after, and he's actually going after Tony Stark at his prosthetics plant. Now, wrecker's crowbar has been magically powered, and Tony is using his briefcase armor, which is kind of like a little throwback to Iron Man Two. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the briefcase armor. Now, this uh, this comic is a continuation of the Acts of Vengeance storyline. Which, and again, going back to kind of the things we were talking about, is uh, Loki releasing all the supervillains from the vault and having them take on different heroes. Hmm. So you actually had like a mix-up. So you had like Electro, uh, which is a Spider-Man villain, taking on Hawkeye. Or you had Hydra-Man taking on Cloak and Dagger. Now, even though, you know, the the heroes, of course, get the upper hand, um, because Loki failed to realize you know you can't necessarily put some of these villains together like unfortunately you can't have magneto who is a holocaust survivor working on the same team as the red skull no, a not Nazi. So, much. Yeah. Mm. so that was the story the accident storyline is it was interesting to me for that aspect because then you had like doom who doesn't work who does not work or play well with others mm. um and all these other villains who, you know, their own internal strife really kind of keeps them from ever actually getting the upper hand. So I would absolutely go ahead and check that out. Yeah. Real quick, before we move on to the next one, I made a blunder in my mm-hmm. um, back issue oh, here. I want to correct that real quick. 
this is not the comic series where Bucky goes and answers for himself and goes to prison. That's actually in the Captain America comics that predate this comic series. The comic series mm-hmm. of the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier comic series goes on to show a beautiful love story between Bucky and Nat and then ruin it and destroy your life. So on to the next pack issue. <laughs> yes. So, welcome to the DC corner again. Um, I've got Identity Crisis, which... I'm pretty sure everybody knows. There's a lot of people that really hate this, you know, storyline. Um, it's dark. It hits on some things that some people would rather not deal with. And some characters show that, hey, we mess up. And we mess up big mm-hmm. time. And, of course, it's by Brad Meltzer. He wrote it. Uh, Rags Morales penciled it. Michael Blair is the inker. Kevin Lo- Kevin Ken. I'm so sorry. Lopez is the letterer, and Alex Sinclair is the colorist. Michael Turner is the original series covers. Um, I'm not going to go into the whole thing just because it's a lot to explain, and I don't want to give away too much because Danny's going to read this, I swear, or I will hurt him physically. Working on it. Okay. So some stuff goes down, and it kind of takes the spotlight off of the superheroes a little bit and puts it on their loved ones. And... Of course, you're thinking, of course, Lois Lane, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually lesser-known people that are mm-hmm. kind of separate, more separated from... Sue Dibney. Yeah. Um. Well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that collective southern head tilt. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it really deals with grief and things that happen in real life. And yes, you know, there's rape. You don't see, you don't see it, but... That's mentioned, and I know some people don't like that, and they think it was kind of crappy what happened because Black Canary and Zatanna and some other folks did a bad thing, yeah, and mind wiped some people. Yeah, I think one of the one of the things I've always loved about that storyline is that it is just even with all of these people with fantastic powers, it's all too human a story. Yes, like it's it it really is just the you know. I mean, at the I'll put it to you this way: at the end of it, it's about you know these people holding on to their loved ones a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all the everything that they give out in the world still has repercussions to the people who are the closest to them. Right, and it hits on so many things that it lets you know that hey, you can love maybe a little too much and maybe in the wrong way, yeah. and it makes you do things that you normally would not do, mm-hmm. and there's consequences for that. And you see these people that are so far above superheroes yeah you know the biggest thing they worry about how am i going to save the world today and it's like mm-hmm. what do i do when i go home there's nothing to go home to anymore uh-huh. yeah and it's very beautiful and of course there's a beautiful you know because let me talk about tim drake again let's be real <laughs> um that scene i'm just gonna say that scene with tim drake and batman and his dad on the phone is heart-wrenching and if you do not cry I feel like you are dead inside <laughs> like Jenna dead inside no, maybe not cry but it is such you know because I mean of course we've all know that Batman doesn't always get there in time Jason Todd yeah not, not saying anything but I'm just saying <laughs> but it's it's so much harder to hear it and mm-hmm. just see a, a child break down and to see Batman just kind of unraveled you know, to his core. And it's just a beautiful story. Take away all the, you know, political correctness, you know, that some people want to fit it, fit it into this box. And people say it's uncharacteristic, but I think it's uncharacteristic in the way of what would you do 
Yeah. When you're faced with something like this. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story arc. And it it touched my heartstrings. It seems even with all these fantastic characters and, you know, DC can, DC's characters can be some of the most fantastic Mm -hmm. in the sense that they can be a little bit less than human and more human ideal. This, this story just seems very contained in again an all too human kind yeah this grounded context. it you know and it really yeah. hit on the stages of grief especially yeah. anger you yeah. know denial mm-hmm. and consequence there's a lot of consequence and let you know that hey maybe going too far isn't the good isn't a good thing you yeah. know because when you hold too tight what do you end up doing yeah, there's always going to be something you're holding to can't breathe. There's always something that slips through when yeah. you suffocate oh, yeah. the thing you're trying to protect. Yeah, but it is beautiful. It's one of my favorite things. I've read it about three times, and I love it. So just give it a chance because it's beautiful, and I like to feel. <laughs> <laughs> All the feels. All the feels. All right, so my first back issue um, is uh, actually Captain America number 425. It's from 1968. Um, believe it or not, this is the first original Captain America comic that I've ever read. Um, I picked up Captain America when it was in the Marvel Now series, um, also when the cinematic universe was starting up. And so, me and, I believe, it was me and Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah, Me and Stephanie, we were at uh, a comic book place, and uh, we were kind of looking through, and this one caught my eye. looked really interesting and everything. Because it's Um, pretty. It is pretty. It's very (laughs) cool. It's got like a little foil cover on it. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, and so this one, um, it's uh, Captain America 425. It's the beginning of the Fighting Chance uh, series, part one. Um, it's penciled by Dave Hoover. Um, the writer of it is Mark Grunwald. Um, colorist George Roussas. These people have some awesome names. We're so um, sorry. <laughs> uh, inker is uh, Danny Bolanati. Uh, editor Mike Rockwitz. And letterer Joe Rosen. And so I haven't finished this series just yet, but starting off as it is, um, essentially we come into it, uh, Steve is starting to lose his super soldier serum. Um, it's starting to fade out of his body. He's starting to actually feel the um, consequences of overexerting himself and actually feeling that pain of that, uh, realizing that he's becoming less and less of a super soldier, becoming more like a normal guy. And so, as far as that goes, um, with that, the Tinkerer is partnered with somebody who he's trying to kind of dethrone Captain America um, and has made uh, somebody with the persona of the Super Patriot. So, kind of making him the next latest greatest Captain America. And so, he goes through great lengths to try and basically take Captain America and make him kind of filthy in in a way. Um, take him off his throne. Uh, kind like of try and make him irrelevant. Exactly, exactly. Kind of like your last year's model kind of deal. And so... Um, improved. Right. And so at one point in the comic, um, he even has Mirror Master go so far as to create the Masters of Evil and uh, make him think that they're back when they're all supposed to be dead. He's seeing all these dead supervillains pop up and it doesn't make sense. And so we find out Mirror Master is the one behind that, but essentially what it's doing is it's making Steve think he's going insane and starting to really make himself doubt himself. Um, whereas the Super Patriot steps up and is like, hey, you guys don't want this old guy working for you. Uh, you need the new model. You need the new me. And so that's where it's at so far. 
not a really happy note, but it's it's really great. I love the art in it and everything. Like I said, it's the first Captain America original line that I've read, uh, and I really enjoyed it. It was really great. <laughs> and if you pick it up, there's an actual page in here that has like the the uh, layout of Steve's apartment. In case you were ever curious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like I must do research for things. Page forty. <laughs> All right. Oh, I love old Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the new Steve? <laughs> Too soon. I'm in my happy place, Danny. How dare you? <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> thank you all for listening to the Superpowered Fancast. Um, please leave us comments on our website, www.superpoweredfancast.com. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at SuperpoweredFan. Or you can email us at SuperpoweredFanCast at gmail.com. Uh, for, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye.